Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Welcome to Dick It Happened Here, a podcast about fighting your bosses. Uh, this is this is your host, Christopher Wong, and with me today to talk about fighting bosses and uh, bosses doing incredibly illegal stuff, bosses doing incredibly shady stuff, and why you should fight them more is Tori Tambellini who was a partner organizer from Pittsburgh Starbucks Workers United and uh, was fired from Starbucks, like, very illegally <laughs> under very sketchy circumstances. And Tori, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really, really happy to have you here. Um, okay, so I, 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 guess, I guess we should start with... The whole uh, you were denied you were you were you were denied your legal rights and then fired presumably for union organizing thing. Yes, absolutely. So starting from the beginning, there was like I was so a month ago my store manager sat me down and I like he asked me to come downstairs for a conversation. So I brought a witness with me and we went downstairs and I found out that I was being investigated because there was one day that I had written down my weekday start time instead of my weekend start time. They just recently changed things at my store so that we open at, we start opening shifts at 5.30 on the weekends and five on the weekdays. And this is a recent change after I'd been there for three years. So 
I, out of habit, one day had written five in the book instead of 530. Um, a couple months later, it seems like everything has blown over. They accepted the fact that it was just an innocent mistake. I really wasn't trying to steal 30 minutes of time, which comes out to like, what, $6? After yeah, taxes? like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was <sighs> really desperate for that $6. So I, I figured they just, they knew it was an innocent mistake and it wasn't going to be a further issue until I saw two managers in my store. One of them was my store manager. The other one was, her name is Brittany. And what Starbucks has done recently is that they, they've created this new position in the company from my understanding. It's called support manager. And they're basically like an assistant district manager. And they go around to stores where there's any sort of union activity and they try to talk about strategies to squash it. So it's like basically the store manager that did the most harsh union busting at their own store gets promoted to this position. So in my district, the, the person's name is Brittany. And I saw her in my store, which is always a bad sign. And um, at one point they asked me to have a seat for a conversation. So I sit down and I, well, I, before I sit down, I say, is this a disciplinary conversation? And the manager said, the one manager said to me, yes, this is solely a disciplinary conversation. And I said, I would like to invoke my Weinbarton rights. I'm going to go out to the floor and bring somebody back as a witness. And they said, you can't do that today. And basically what they did is they like held up a piece of paper, like with a wall of text on it, like this far from my face. And they're like, it says right here that we can't, we don't have to do that for you. And I was like, that's really illegal. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable having this conversation right now at all. And they said, well, we're going to hand this to you anyway. And handed me a notice of termination. Jesus. Um, yeah. So I walked out and walked back to the front of house. And I said a little bit loudly, definitely not like shouting, but kind of loudly. I said, I just got fired. And is it okay if I swear to quote my friend? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, cool. So my best friend, Kim, was working at the time. And she loudly said right in front of our new store manager, what the fuck? And I just kept walking because I was so upset. And I didn't want the managers to see me cry. So I walked to the front of house or walk outside. And Kim follows me. And she was like, we're going to fix this. I'm going to go ask to leave early. And I'll drive you home. And we'll talk about this. Kim goes back inside, looks at my assistant manager and says, I'm requesting permission to leave early. And the assistant manager literally couldn't even look her in the eye and told her, Kim, go have a seat in the back. And they fired Kim as well. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think one other thing about the story that I think is worth talking about is that like, when, when it comes to union busting, it literally does not matter how good of an employee you are unless, like, you not being there will literally cause everything to collapse. Yeah. But, yeah, don't talk about, like, you were really good at this and they were still just like, no, fuck you. Yeah. So I was voted by everybody at my store. I was voted partner of the quarter in t- spring of 2021. I was also promoted to shift supervisor within that same week. And later that year... I participated in a barista competition for my store and I won barista champion for my store level. And I also tied at, a, at the district level for barista champion for the district. So, um, and then in addition to that, I had dealt with a situation where somebody like leaning against the front of my store had overdosed on heroin and I gave him Narcan and basically saved the guy's life. And then like a month or two later, they fired me. So. Yeah, which I, like, I, I, I'm trying to think of if 
like any other way you can possibly go like above and beyond what anyone could reasonably require you that is more than i saved a dude's life <laughs> it's like yeah okay <laughs> like you're welcome guys someone would have died inside your store if i wasn't there but um okay bye i guess <laughs> yeah i i wanted to talk a little bit about about that specifically and about sort of the conditions of the store because one of the things mm-hmm. that seems really clear from from listening to you talk about it and from reading stuff about it is that it's not just i mean even even if you were just like you know doing kind of regular ish serv- like service worker stuff this would be unacceptable but it's also like there there's there's this way in which you and your coworkers have sort of been turned into social workers and are being mm-hmm. sort of are being forced to like deal with just all of the people who sort of capitalism to say just like spat out absolutely yeah and sort of like fill in the gaps of of just the collapse of american social services and yeah i wonder yeah i wonder if you could talk a little bit about the stuff that you've been having to do and what that's like yeah absolutely so something i've noticed in market square is that it feels like there were some sort of resources for the unhoused community that existed before the pandemic that straight up just don't exist anymore so a lot of that that work to be done like falls on the Starbucks employees. Most of us are completely unqualified for that. Like I have a degree in psychology, but sometimes that's just not really enough. Yeah. Most of us are film students at Point Park. So none of us are at all equipped to deal with any situations where somebody is under the influence of something and maybe becoming aggressive or somebody's having a mental health crisis or there are people that are sleeping in the cafe and we're asked to kick them out if they're sleeping. But that feels really, really bad yeah, because there's yeah. not a ton of other resources, especially during the day. I know the shelter's closed. So when it's like winter or it's like 90 degrees outside and someone is just trying to get like a tiny little bit of sleep, it feels really bad to kick them out. Um, so we dealt with a lot of situations that we are just completely unequipped to handle. And Starbucks would send us de-escalation training. But most of the de-escalation training revolved around if a customer isn't happy with their drink and they're shouting at you. Yeah. So it doesn't even begin to cover like any of the stuff that we deal with at Market Square. We had like, we've, we've seen a lot of customers having mental health crises in the cafe. Like, what do you do? Like, don't want to call the police. That's definitely not going to help. Yeah. Um, in the situation where I had to Narcan somebody, the, we had called for an ambulance and 20 minutes later, the ambulance still wasn't there. And there were even managers at the surrounding businesses calling and calling and calling, trying to get an ambulance to Market Square. And it ended up like being me that had to give the man Narcan. Um, Overall, like something that we were pushing for with the union, the main thing that we were pushing for was better training. Like we want Narcan to keep in the stores and we want all the shifts to be trained on how to use that. And that doesn't have to be through Starbucks. There are, I know of a lot of organizations throughout Pittsburgh that would be happy to train our staff on that. Um, We need like better resources. I know at one point we were falsely promised a social worker that would sit in our cafe for at least one day every two weeks. Um, never got that. And yeah, I, I feel like my staff just deserves better. The community deserves better. And it shouldn't be Starbucks's job. But until we have something better, I think that we should be a little bit more equipped to handle situations that, frankly, we do have to deal with at some point just by the nature of our work and our location. I also think something really funny to mention here is that we got a new store manager at the, um, I want to say the beginning or like mid-June, we got this new store manager. Her name was Sarah and she has already transferred to a different store. 
because she felt so unsafe working at Market Square. She got her first Market Square death threat and was like, I'm out. So even the store manager can't deny that our working conditions are bad. So the fact that they're still fighting against the union, even though management is well aware of how terrible our, con- our conditions are, just like baffles me. Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I want to I take a second and go back to something that you said, which is your first Market Square death threat. Uh, how, how common yeah. is this? Um, I think I received a total of four to five. Jeez. And um, then I received my very last one the day that my store went on strike and I was standing at the picket line and I was like, wow, it's just like the good old days before I was fired. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Market Square is a lawless land. Yeah. And I mean, it, like, I don't know, like, I feel like this is like every time I, I do this is like a recurring thing. Every time I do a labor story, it's like, oh, this is a labor story. It's like, no, but it, it's also the story of a bunch of like a bunch of people whose job this like isn't who just wind up having to deal with all of the shit that the state doesn't want to do that corporations don't want to do. And it's like the, the, the fact that Starbucks employees have to be the, like the Starbucks union has to be the group in like in this place that is trying to get people to get Narcan training is nuts. Like just, just Absolutely. on a, like just on a, in a like sort of just macro taking a step back level, like what on earth is going yeah, on in this society? I've been thinking a lot about lately. Like, I think a lot of journalists and reporters have asked me, like, why do you think that the younger generation is the one like leading this? Like, why are unions making a comeback now? And why is the younger generations like so ready to lead this? And I think it's because we've spent our entire lives watching politicians on TV make all these promises yeah. and then continuing to do absolutely nothing. And we're all sick and tired of it. We are all ready to take it into our own hands and fix it in any way that we see that we can. So, yeah, it makes, yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, like I, my, you know, my, my first, well, okay. So my first political memory was the Iraq war, but like, I was like a little baby child, but like, like, you know, like I remember like the, the, the thing I grew up on was like, yeah, it was Obama. It was, uh, it was hope. It was change. And then it was like, you look at the world now and it's like, it's like, oh, it's, it's even bleaker than it was in 2008, which is like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, absolutely and, crazy. Yeah. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think also just like, like the last two years have been mm-hmm. so brutal yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was wondering, yeah, I was wondering if you could talk about like what effect the um what effect the pandemic had on y'all's workers and what effect that had on union organizing. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I think that it really pulled the mask off the company, which ironically, while well, everyone was putting their masks on, <laughs> yeah. the mask off was coming yep. off for Starbucks because they always really pretended to be this really awesome progressive company. Yeah, and it really revealed how performative the company is because they gave us all these COVID benefits for like two, three months and then took them right away from us. Like before, obviously the pandemic isn't even over now. It definitely wasn't over back in, I think it was October. They took away like our, Jesus. Yeah. That's right before like the spikes too. Exactly. And right around that time, we were also watching our CEO, our now former CEO, Kevin Johnson, get like a $40 million raise while they had just taken away our hazard pay and our free food benefits, even though we were all still struggling. So then I think that us seeing those benefits being taken away and realizing that the company doesn't care about us in that sense made us start looking harder at everything. Like the company doesn't want to increase our pay. They don't want to give us credit card tipping. They don't want to make our stores safer. 
Um, and every other reason that any store could see to unionize, like it really highlighted all of those reasons and all the ways the company doesn't care about us as much as they should and how they really do just see us as a number. So I think that's what really, really pushed us all towards unionizing. It's like if the company doesn't care about us and the people in our stores, then we're going to rely on each other to care about us and um, push for unions so that we can take matters into our own hands. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of the stuff that you've been talking about that highlights how important that is, which is that like, you know, you, you have this combination of management either like the management immediately above you understanding what's happening and being like, oh, we'll just throw you guys at it. We'll just literally bail and run away from how yeah. bad it is. And then you have the, the layer of management like above you, which is it's a bunch of bureaucrats who like couldn't find their ass if you drew them a map and, mm-hmm. you know, or like, oh, hey, here, here's your de-escalation training. It's about person mad about drink. And it's like, I am getting multiple death threats. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, we like, literally had a, like someone from, I think either, either regional management or maybe a level higher than that, like area management came into our store the other day, like as a customer. And there was something going on. I'm not sure if it was like, somebody shouting in the cafe or like two customers were fighting but this like upper level manager who should know about our store said to one of my baristas um so is this like a high incident store and we were like i don't know dude is it isn't it your job to know? yeah like really like wow yikes yeah that, that's something that like you know it's something i learned like like something like you learn intellectually and then you just see like and then yeah it's something you learn intellectually and then you just sort of viscerally begin to understand when you know you're doing work and you're watching what your managers do it is it's that like yeah like the people who actually knows how the production process works and how the stuff actually goes and what's happening on the shop floor like are the people are the workers there and it's like everyone above them is just doing some other shit to just making everyone's lives worse. And it's just, yeah, literally it's infuriating I've said since the start that nobody, the reason we need a union. And I tell people this all the time, whenever I'm going into new stores, nobody knows your store better than you. Yeah. Nobody knows like the inner workings of it, how busy you are what the needs of the store are better than the people that are there 40 hours a week. And so another thing we talk about a lot in like our, like our citywide meetings is like, what do the managers even do all day? Like, what is their job description? Nothing. What are they working on? What are they nothing. Doing? It's like, <laughs> like what does uh, Michelle, the district manager, do all day in her cushy little corporate office? I mean, I, I guess she's just union busting now. Although <laughs> yeah, even, even yeah. that, they're delegating to another <laughs> manager below them. So, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Literally. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever see the fake tweets, the fake Workers United tweets that Starbucks published? No. Oh, oh my I miss gosh. this. I'll have to email you oh my God. Um, okay. a copy of them. But they literally made this handout with a list of fake tweets from Workers United and like the company's responses to them. <laughs> but if you look up the company's Twitter account, um, it just doesn't exist. And the tweets from Workers United that they printed out on these handouts also don't exist. And I think maybe three copies of that got handed out to my store oh my before God. we all made so much fun of my boss that he stopped. <laughs> So um, I guess that's my boss's job. I will. I can show these to you. I keep them on on hand. Oh my god! Amazing. This is this is like it's the biggest energy of like oh I thought of the perfect argument seven hours later except they didn't even the the argument's not even real like they're they're just making up a guy to argue with. Yeah, and they didn't even try that hard because these were handed to me back in April. It says that these all of these tweets were posted on June first. 
So the day hmm. that they claimed that this was tweeted hadn't even happened whenever I received the send out. I mean, hey, if, if, y'all, if, if y'all have access to a time machine, I, I, I have some work I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they say things like, in collective bargaining, you start with everything you have and negotiate for more from there. From Starbucks Workers United right there. What? And then the company's response was, <laughs> I know, literally, it's probably a tweet. Um, and then the We Are One Starbucks account said, in collective bargaining, everything is up for negotiations. If you get more, the same, or less. And once you negotiate a contract, you're locked in. Which, so, which, which th- is also funny, because it's like, like, okay, you are looking at that. Like, you think that that is actually, like, a thing that makes you look good and not, like, a supervillain? It's like, no, 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 if you try to negotiate with us, uh, we will make everything worse for you. It's like... Really? <laughs> yeah. This makes you look really good? <laughs> I know. They try so hard to union bust and they just kind of suck at it. Yeah. So it's been it's been comical to watch. It's like <laughs> very funny. Which is really funny because like I, I remember like I didn't know the Super Bowl, but like I remember I knew some people who were doing Starbucks Union organizing like way back like like two thousand like six or something. Yeah. And they were like, you know, it was like they were kind of better at it. Like they, they they were willing to just like throw resources at it in a way that like they don't seem to be able to now. I, th- I think maybe it's just because like there there's so many organization, so many organizing efforts hap- happening at once that it's harder to mm-hmm. sort of just like throw all of their stuff at one store. But yeah, it is just it's like incredibly funny watching them just sort of like flail yeah. and like you know i mean i guess like like all 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 corporations that union bust eventually resort to breaking the law because you know the law yeah did, yeah it's designed yeah, for rich we people actually had my my district manager um came into my store screwdriver in hand to personally make repairs at my store it was the funniest thing i have ever seen it's probably my favorite union busting story but she was like yeah i'm here to cover up the electrical outlets in your bathroom and we were like cool why and she was like so that the homeless people can't like plug in their electric shavers and shave in there we were like wow we've seen we've seen people do a lot of weird things in the bathroom and that's like not even one of them yeah like you are so out of touch oh my gosh it's been hilarious to watch. Like, wow, that was really some effort. But really, no, absolutely not. Immediately, no. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. There, there's another thing I wanted to talk about that Starbucks is... You, you talked a bit about earlier about Starbucks sort of like having this image as like a like progressive organization. And... Okay, like, one of the things they've been big on sort of recently is, like, portraying themselves as this, like, pro-LGBTQIA plus, like, thing. And and I think, like, okay, so there's something that, like, traditional media has finally discovered because they haven't covered labor organizing in 40 years and they suddenly started doing it again. And they were like, oh, my God, all of the union organizers are queer. And it was like anyone who's ever organized a union or anyone who knows anyone who's ever been in a union could have told you this, like, 30 years ago. Incredible yeah. stuff. It's like, wow, congratulations, you've discovered this. But yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask about sort of, I, I don't know, th- this kind of bind that like, I, I, I feel like queer people doing organizing are in right now, which is that like, okay, so on the one hand, you have like, in, you know, in the last sort of year or so, this like incredible increase in sort of rampant homophobia. But then simultaneously, like, so, you, you know, you have to fight that fight. And then simultaneously, you have these corporations who are trying to, you know, like, yeah, they're like nominally on our side and that they're not. Well, I mean, they are they are they are funding the rampant homophobes, but like publicly, they don't, you know, right. publicly, they're supportive. But also, you know, that like they're supportive because they're trying to sell our identity as a brand. And then, you know, when yeah. queer people are like, hey, can we like have stuff that lets us live? They're like, no. And I was wondering how you've been sort of navigating that. Yeah, so that's been really tough because um, a lot of our queer partners in Pittsburgh get get their health insurance through Starbucks and yeah. get gender affirming care yep. through Starbucks. And one of the biggest union busting tactics is hour cuts. And if you cut someone's hours, then they're not eligible for health care. Yep. So they're really just like dangling the carrot on the stick in front of our faces. Like, oh, if you unionize, then we're going to cut your hours and then you can't get your gender affirming health care. So that's like, that's really, really sucked. Um, in addition to that, um, there have been now four people about to be five. Um, we think one one person is going to be fired when he's back from vacation. But out of all of us that are fired or about to be fired, we are all queer people. So um, I think that really shows how much Starbucks cares about yeah. their queer partners. And since I've started organizing, in addition to like homophobia and like discrimination against like the queer community, 
I've also heard just rampant stories about microaggressions and racism. Yeah. Um, I actually met a, um, a partner that was fired from a store in Virginia, I want to say. She was, I believe, from my understanding, she was the only Black woman that worked at her store. And she was fired for aggressive behavior. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? So just like, and also that support manager that I was talking about, I've heard rumors that like she was transferred from one store to another because she was like caught being racist at the first store. So instead of being fired, she was transferred and now she got she was promoted to store manager and then she fired a trans partner at her store and now she's our support manager and fired me. So So it's like it's it's the it's the homophobia. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it's the Catholic Church for racist homophobes. Well, okay, the Catholic Church for racist homophobes, but corporate and well, okay, I, I, I am not going to make a claim on the air that they're not also doing this with sexual assault because mm-hmm. I, they, they had like, there's no way that they're not, right. but yeah, that is, yeah, that, that, that's incredibly bleak. And I, yeah, I want to go totally. back a second to sort of the gender affirming care stuff, because like yeah. that stuff, it's like, like, Okay the thing that they are doing is just like we, we are holding the genocide button over you. And it's like, yeah, if, if you, if you don't comply with us and you don't like accept the like absolute shit and scraps that we give you, uh, we are going to try to kill you. And that is just indescribably horrific. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know it's something that partners, there's at least one partner at my store that's dealing with that right now. She's 25, about two twenty six. And she is trans, and I know that yeah. um, she's on her parents' insurance at the moment, but in less than a year, she'll have yep. to find insurance el- elsewhere, most likely through Starbucks, and it's something that really got her into organizing. I know that for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's been a really scary moment for her, definitely something she's worried about. Yeah. Yeah, just the risk of being fired, the risk of having your hours cut, and yeah. not being eligible for benefits. It's awful. And like she doesn't feel like she can get a job like anywhere else just because Starbucks is one of the like Starbucks offers like decent health insurance. So it's like I'm kind of trapped here until I can get out, until I can get another job with insurance benefits. Yeah. And, you know, that's incredibly that's incredibly hard, especially right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, it, it it's not really surprising that they're doing this, but it's yeah, it's it's really depressing and it sucks. And Absolutely. the fact that they're, you know, like sending sending racists to do homophobia is like mm-hmm. it's Yeah. Uh, it's like dystopian. Like yeah. we watched this happen and been like, is this real life? Like this is crazy. And um they just fired another black queer organizer in Pittsburgh just yesterday. And they're trying to make it look like he resigned. Um, but really they gave him like a couple like options, like you need to have at least one weekend day available, or you need to demote yourself or you need to transfer to a different store. And they were like, I can't really do any of those options. Like none of those work for me. And then the company said like, oh yeah, Jimmy resigned. Like we totally didn't fire them, but they just resigned and sorry, you can't appeal it because you resigned by yeah, it's a real. Uh, we didn't fire you. We simply forced you out by making imp- utterly impossible demands. Yep. I mean, it's like it, it really reminds me of like it, it's the kind of stuff a country does when they want to go to war, 
where it's like, yeah, we're going to we're going to give you a bunch of demands that it is literally physically impossible for you to comply with. And then because you don't comply with them, we're going to invade. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, exactly. Exactly. Like that. Like, <laughs> oh. um, although I did just find out some good news today. So there's this one bar where most of the union organizers hang out all the time. And they messaged us on Twitter today and they want to throw a queer dance party as a fundraiser <laughs> for like our solidarity oh. fund and strike fund. <laughs> I was like, it's literally the most us thing oh. I can possibly think of. Like a, a queer dance party fundraiser at our favorite bar. That rules so much. Like the bathroom attendant from the bar like showed up to our strike at my store. I'm friends with like the bartender there. It was like the best Twitter DM to get Hell like, yeah. ever. I was like, that's so funny. I'm literally going there with the other person that got fired from my store like tonight. Like, nice. <laughs> that rules. Yeah. So we're very excited for that. Yeah. And I guess that brings to something else I want to talk about, which is, um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what happened after you got fired and the support you've been getting and the, like the, the backing from other unions that you've been getting? Oh, Totally. Yeah, so my store is actually just like a block away from the United Steelworkers headquarters, (laughs) which is incredible because anytime we have any sort of direct action, we get like 40 steelworkers showing up at my store. (laughs) Rules. Yeah. The day after I was fired, I I have this very funny picture that's on my Twitter um, of me just standing like with like 40 steelworkers sitting behind me. They found like the two biggest dudes coming out each side of me. It is, I'm like wearing this. my Starbucks apron in protest. It is, it is my new favorite picture of myself. So good. So that was day one. We had a rally. We had a really good turnout with all the steel workers and a bunch of other community allies. Our symphony, um, symphony musicians have a have a labor union. Oh, here. that's so cool. So to the library workers, um, they all came out for the first day of the rally at Market Square, and my citywide organizing committee was actually able to pull together a total of four strikes. Wow. <laughs> that happened within the course of two days. The planning happened in like basically under 24 hours. Jesus, that's like, incredible. Insane. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I got fired Wednesday. Thursday was the rally at my store with all the steel workers. Friday, the East Carson store in the south side of Pittsburgh went on strike. The East Side store and the Bloomfield store all went on strike for the full day. Um, the South Side store continued their strike into Saturday. And then um, Sunday, my store went on strike finally. So um, <laughs> it was incredible. We had we have a labor choir in Pittsburgh, which is incredible. Yes. It's just like a, a dude with a guitar. He's, <laughs> he's my favorite person ever. Um, so we had the labor choir out at all of our events. And um, we had, like I said, the library workers, the steel workers, the symphony union, um, we have UE, we have DSA, which is Democratic Socialists of America. We have the po- Party for Socialism and Liberation, who are really strong allies to us. And we had like a lot of the regular, my my favorite customers showed up at my store, of course, which made Aww. me cry. <laughs> one of my customers, one of my favorite customers who comes in multiple times a day said, you shouldn't be standing out here on the, on the sidewalk. You should be back there behind the counter making coffee. And I was like, I know, thank you. <laughs> um, we had a couple of our regulars change their mobile order name to Tori and Kim so that every time <laughs> he orders a drink to my store, they have to call out the name Tori and Kim. Amazing. So, <laughs> that's great. And uh, we set up a GoFundMe and we received way more donations than we thought that we would get. So 
um, for all the workers at my store that went on strike, in addition to the 70% pay that we received from the union for the day, um, we were able to pledge $20 to each of them to try to make their paychecks full and cover some of their lost tips. That was incredible and really just a, a demonstration of how much support we have in our area. You know, they say Pittsburgh is a union town. Yeah. <laughs> it really is, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and it's really yeah. cool to yeah. see. I don't know. I there, like one one of the things that I keep seeing is this sort of like like one one of the sort of right wing tactics that I've been like just inundated with in the last like couple of years has been like trying to separate out like oh here are these people who are workers but like oh they're not workers because they're like oh they're like doing cultural stuff or they're like oh they just like serve mm-hmm. drinks and like you know you look at actual labor and it's like that's no. Like none of right. this, none of this, none of these division things are real. Like people oh, exactly. show up for each other. It's all bullshit. And I always get worried that people will be like judgmental about that. Like I'm always kind of like surprised when the steel workers show up. I'm like, I know I'm not a steel worker. I don't make steel. Um, I don't work in a factory or anything. I just make coffee. But um, everyone's so supportive and they are always so willing to stand in solidarity with us, which is really cool. But it's something I'm always like worried about. Like I, I know it doesn't feel like I'm a real worker, but like for a union too. I mean, I, I'm I'm in a podcast union, so like I talk about that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I have I have like arguably like if 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 if, if you're going to use the really silly like ter- like I don't know sort of like cultural analysis of what a worker is like a podcast union is like the silliest union ever and it's great no it rules it turns out we're workers we go fight for other people too other people fight for like the the when 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 we when we were uh, uh trying to get union recognition like the the NFL players association was like hey you guys need to recognize this we were like <laughs> yeah rules. hell yeah that is awesome yeah so, we just um we've been going to a lot of rallies for the planned parenthood union in hell Pittsburgh. yeah which I didn't I didn't actually know that they existed. That was Yeah, cool. I so, actually well it wasn't Pittsburgh, but I I was just talking actually probably well I, I don't know what order these are going to air in, but like yeah, that I, I just talked to two people from that union. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's yeah, sick. they were cool. Got to see the labor choir there again. I was hell like, yeah. hell yeah, solidarity all around. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of unions in Pittsburgh. It's been a good time. Met a lot of really cool people. I feel like all the people I've met since I've been involved with union stuff have been like really cool. Yeah. The first time I like talked anywhere, it was at the Pennsylvania AFL CIO convention. And um, (laughs) whenever I was told that whenever I talk, my speech was supposed to end with uh, brothers and sisters, can I count on your support? Because they were passing a resolution for us. But one of my baristas told me it would be funnier if I said, can I get a hell yeah? So I said some very serious words to this room full of serious looking people. And then I said, on behalf of all of our partners at the Market Square Starbucks, can I get a hell yeah? And they all said, hell hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were all so happy. And they all clapped for me. And I was like, cool, I found my people. This yeah. is great. <laughs> that was like the first time I talked anywhere. <laughs> that was funny. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is an, 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 another reason to unionize. You get to meet a bunch of really cool people, and then they show up for you, and it's yeah, a just incredible experience. Yeah, on my last canvassing trip, we went out in teams of two, and when, when we reconvened at the end of the night for dinner, we were like, oh, we should stop at our one store that we visited again, like all four of us. And I was like, yeah, we should. Like, I can go in and be like, look, guys, I joined a union, and I made three whole friends. 
look at them. Yeah. <laughs> I was also just talking at the, um, I was on a panel at a women's labor school, which was really awesome. It was at Penn State University. And that was a really, really cool experience. I met all the, all the female union leaders. It was a really great event. So overall, it's really cool people involved Hell here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Ah, love unions. Good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I got a cool pin that says, labor women get in good trouble. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Yeah, so these days I'm just working with um, some other stores in the greater Pittsburgh area, helping get them filed. I won't be too specific about this, but we are going to see some stores picking up in D.C., which is really, really exciting. We've been doing some canvassing trips out there. Well, at Starbucks Workers United, we call it a clean play. Um, because in Starbucks, what a clean play is, is that one day a week, um, all the closing crew is scheduled for an extra two hours at the end of their shift, deep clean the store. And they call that a clean play. So we like to take Starbucks language and throw it right back at them. So we <laughs> nice. call like our little canvassing blitzes clean plays. So for the DC clean play, we've been, I've been out there twice. Um, we've visited a ton of stores. 
definitely some interest there. Seems like the union busting has been really tough, but we have we have one store that's making news, and you'll see it in the news soon. Hell yeah! (laughs) Hell yeah! I'm very proud. It was like one of it was one of my DC leads. Um, They'd reached out to us on our website for an organizing request, and um, they've just been like super strong leaders, and they've been incredible. And Union Busting really hasn't faced them at all, and they're going to be the first one. That's awesome. I'm very proud of them. <laughs> a little bit proud of myself, but they take they can have all the credit for that. They they really like stayed strong for all the Union Busting. Doing good stuff. It's scary to be the first store in your area yeah, to yeah. to actually make moves. Like my friend Jake Welsh, he was the first store in Pittsburgh. Um, his store was the first in Pittsburgh, and I know that's like really scary. And I'm glad that it's happening. Because it feels like once the one store goes, then the dominoes start to fall. So once we yeah. see that one store in D.C. file for the union election, we're going to see a lot more go down there. Um, are you able to talk at all about what the sort of organizing process has been like? And, and you know, if, if you can't talk about like what it's been like as an organizer, just like like what it was like at your store and what it's yeah. been like going to other stores. Totally. So at my store, we started we had heard a little bit about uh, what buffalo was doing and we started very casually talking about it at my store like yeah if any store needs a union it is this <laughs> store like we are it is an absolute shit show here so we could definitely unionize that would be awesome um really had no idea how to get started though uh, until a couple weeks later i get a panicked phone call from one of my baristas and she was like Tori, this weird guy came into the store when I was on register today and he started asking me questions about unions and I know he wasn't a barista and I think he was a corporate spy. And we were like, oh, okay. So we Googled the guy, start to like, like get some information. We found like his LinkedIn or his coworkers LinkedIn account. And we were like, okay, they seem trustworthy. We're still not sure. So we emailed the guy from a burner email account with a <laughs> fake name. I think the fake name was like Darren or something, even though like our names are like Tori and Kelly and Kayla. So um, we emailed them from a fake name and a burner account and eventually got in contact with Daisy Pickens, who is now our national campaign director. But at the time she was working mainly in Pittsburgh. And from there, she, she taught us everything we know about organizing. We built an organizing committee consisting of me, Kelly, and Kayla, because like the three of us were pretty good friends, and we got cards signed. We were able to get 100% of the people at my store to sign a card, Incredible. and we filed unanimously. Wow, that awesome. rules! <laughs> yeah, so um, something that stores do right before they file is they write a Dear Howard letter, and you might have seen these on Twitter. If you haven't, you can find them on the Starbucks Workers United like national like official Twitter. They always post those there. So we wrote our Dear Howard, we turned in our cards to the NLRB office, and right after I finished turning in the cards to the NLRB, I walked right back to my store, and I had printed out a physical copy of our Dear Howard, and I handed it to my store manager. Hell like, yeah! Joe I, Joe, I wanted you to hear it from me, and he was like, <laughs> okay. Um, from there, the union busting started. We had captive audience meetings, which I believe, uh, to my understanding, the company has stopped doing because they were kind of declared illegal or maybe it was just that the information they were sharing was so misleading that it was declared illegal. But they handed us like a bunch of really, really misleading handouts saying things like withdrawn petitions. If Workers United thinks that you're going to lose your union election, they will withdraw your petition and abandon you, which is crazy. Um, Another thing was that like, if 
if the union thinks that you're going to vote no, they're going to try to talk you out of voting. But Starbucks is the one that really cares about your voice. And we want to make sure everyone has a voice. We were like, literally, you can look objectively at this. You can see what Starbucks has done to try to prevent you from voting. Like they were pushing for in-person stores or in-person elections in stores where most of the partners don't have cars, are um, busy with other things, have second jobs and just couldn't feasibly vote in person. Um, they challenge ballots left and right. They think, I think they challenged a total of nine ballots at my store, including Kelly's ballot, even though Kelly was literally like working at the time of our ballot count, she was literally behind the counter. And like, you can see her like in the Zoom call when she, <laughs> when she came out to watch the ballot count on her break. They tried to challenge her ballot claiming that she didn't work there. So there's just like oh hard God. evidence that the company is the one that doesn't yeah. want people to vote. So we got through all the union busting. It was, it was tough. It was an uphill battle. And eventually we won our election eight to one on May 26th. So after that, I became an intern with Workers United um, for the Summer Solidarity Internship Program. And that's when I started really getting into helping other stores file. So there was one out in, out in the Pittsburgh suburbs, like the greater Pittsburgh area. Peters Township was the first store like my first really solid lead that I ever took on. Um, they filed, I helped them write their Dear Howard letter. We were interviewed by the Washington Post. Nice. It was super cool. So they have their ballot count on August 18th. I'm very excited for them. I have my stores in DC that I'm working with and a lot of other stores throughout Pittsburgh. And um, just going on a lot of clean play trips, whether it's a big one to Washington DC or just a smaller local one. But we'll go out in teams of two, visit as many stores as we can possibly get to in one day. And we wear our Starbucks Workers United shirts. So immediately people know why we're there. We basically just go up as if we're going to order a drink and be like, hey, so like, have you heard about what we're doing in like downtown Pittsburgh? We're like the stores in Buffalo that unionized. Yeah. So like, what do you guys think of that? And typically our approach is to find the gayest looking person. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. We got to try to find like the young, like maybe like 20 something person with like dyed hair and a septum piercing. It's always the girl <laughs> yeah. with the septum piercings, let me tell you. <laughs> They're always the leader, the ringleaders at their store. I don't know why, but it's been funny. So yeah, try to find the gayest person and be like, hey, so what do you think about unions? And that's how we've brought in new stores. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've been pretty successful with it. A lot of people either don't know what a union is or they really like their boss. And that seems to be, the company's best union tactic, union busting tactic is by having good bosses, because we always say that the, sometimes the best organizer is the boss. So sometimes the stores where they're like, we love our boss, our boss takes such good care of us. I'm like, darn it. Um, <laughs> like, good for you guys, but you should unionize anyway. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, I would also, yeah, union. like, like I would say this, like, I, I really like my boss and I am also mm. still in a union because yeah, totally. <laughs> it doesn't That's matter. I to explain to them, too. They're yeah. hard. Sometimes those stores where they say that they're hard to talk into it. Yeah. But I always tell them what happened at my store. And what happened is that we had the same store manager for, I believe, like five years. He was great. We loved him. He was cool. And when we unionized, it wasn't about him. It was about the working conditions at our store and that upper management had been giving us false promises. And the things that needed to be changed at our store were kind of out of my store manager's hands. Like that was like above his pay grade. So he couldn't do much about it. And we made it clear, like, Joe, it's not about you. You're great. We love you. Um, gotta do it, do you though? Sorry, buddy. Um, then we got, uh, even though we loved Joe, we got a new store manager in mid-June and she was a little bit less awesome. 
And, you know, you never know when things at your store can change. And even if you love the store manager you have now, they could, they could leave tomorrow. So you gotta, like the only thing that's guaranteed, your store manager isn't guaranteed to be at your store forever. What is guaranteed is a contract. And that's something that's really important. Sometimes it's hard to get people to see the long-term yeah. of it though. Yeah. Um, otherwise we're normally pretty successful. Um, we uh, typically try to get like phone numbers at every store reach out to them within the next two days and then we'll hold like an intake meeting. So whenever we have an intake meeting, we tell them, uh, make a spreadsheet of every partner at your store, what shift they work, what their job is, like if they're a ship, ship supervisor or barista and assign one person on your organizing committee to talk to that person. So every person at your store should have an organizing committee member assigned to them. From there, once they have a plan for who's gonna talk to who, we get cards to them and they can be either physical cards like my store did or digital cards. And then they start getting signatures, having little conversations like, hey, here's what a union is. Here's why we're doing this. If you agree, sign this card. Once they have 70% of cards signed, then we take it to the NLRB and say, hello, we would like to do a union, please. And then hopefully they get a ballot count date. And the, the company always pushes for in-person elections we always yeah. push back we yeah. pretty much always win and um we always want mail-in ballots because we do like really genuinely want everybody to be able to vote I, whenever i was organizing at my store i told everyone my best possible outcome best case scenario is that every single person here votes and votes yes my second best possible outcome is that everyone here votes and some of you vote no <laughs> like i i want everyone to vote yeah. I want every single person here to vote. I don't want to be like, there is one store in my district that did end up winning their union election, but out of their, I think, 50 to 60 partners, only 12 people voted. Wow. And although they won, like that is not the way we wanted to get yeah. there. We want everyone yeah. to have a day. So. Yeah, which I think is yeah. interesting on sort of two levels. One, it's like, you can see the exact moment at which corporations start caring about, like start pretending to care about democracy, which is mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, hold on. Our workers are doing stuff. Oh, no, we have to care about. Uh, yeah, suddenly we're like this incredible pro-democratic force. We want everyone mm -hmm. to have their say. It's like that. OK, yeah, yeah it's sure. funny. They actually just came out with. Oh, this happened after I got fired. This happened in the past two weeks, but um, they came out with, I believe it's an app where partners can share their feedback and share their experiences. Um, so they, they're trying to be so democratic. Like, look at them. It's really listening to us. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. They also did this really fun thing where even though hours are being cut across the company, people are having their hours drastically cut because this poor little billion dollar corporation can't afford to schedule us any more hours or properly staff their stores. We were all scheduled an extra hour for one of our shifts during the week so that we could sit down and watch an hour long speech by Howard Schultz oh, and do a survey about how much we like our jobs, <laughs> which was funny. That, wow. That was like a kind of a new low for Starbucks. Like, wow, there's two people working on the floor right now. One person like making drinks and one person on register and they're getting slammed out there. But so glad you guys had the had the labor hours to be able to schedule me to sit here and watch this Howard Schultz speech. Yep. Great. Thanks. Yeah, it's <laughs> Very something, frustrating. And like I think like just the scheduling stuff, like the, everyone being consistently understaffed. And it's like 
this is something I was talking to the Planned Parenthood people about too, which is that like, mm-hmm. like there too, it's like you get, you get these managers who are like, well, okay, we're going to do cost cutting. Uh, we're doing, and you know, the, 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 the price of cost cutting is we're going to just make all of our people work impossibly hard because we refuse to put enough people in the store. And then, you know, we're, 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 we're not going to let you work long enough. Like we're not going to let you work long enough to actually get benefits. And then, yeah, it's like the worst combination. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's like, you know, okay. You know, like, like they have the money, they, they can schedule you. It's like, yeah. yeah and I mean, like, like, you know, I think like in, in ideally in a society that wasn't just like, like not even, a, not even like a perfect society in a society that was not like entirely based on cruelty and violence. They wouldn't even be able to do this at all. Everyone would just have a fixed schedule. Yeah, just like exactly. But it's so it sucks so much because it's like I barely get to go to work, even though I ask for full time. I'm scheduled 17 hours a week. Yeah, when I am there, I'm like so freaking stressed because there's just not enough people to make the number of drinks that need made, and all the customers are super pissed off because they've been waiting 10 minutes for their drink, and like corporates just watching this happen. I'm sure they they have to be getting bad reviews. Like, there's no way people aren't calling corporate to complain about the wait times because there's only two of us working on a Sunday morning. And, like, they're really just shooting themselves in the foot, just all around, all around shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, but I, th- I think also, like, there's a part of this which is just, like, like, they, they are insulated from this. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like the managers don't have to fucking deal with this shit. And it's like, yeah, yeah. they're going to, th- they're just going to throw all of the angry customers like people who are angry because of decisions of management do they throw at you and it's like this is mm-hmm. this is fucking bullshit like it's yeah it's just, like here's a coupon for a free drink go bully the baristas again yeah <laughs> have fun. It's like, oh, yeah God. it's like michelle my district manager doesn't have to come in and deal with like 40 angry customers staring at her while she tries to frantically make drinks like yeah ooh, it's like that. i don't know like there, 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 there is definitely a part of me that is like, I mean, okay, like I, I know on the one hand this isn't true because there have been a lot of terrible corporate people. And there have been a lot of like, I don't know, like terrible world leaders who actually had to work real jobs. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, like, like some part of my soul still holds on to the belief that if like these people actually had to work in these conditions, like yeah. consistently, that it wouldn't be like this because they they wouldn't oh, be completely insulated from just the absolute horror they're inflicting on everyone and it's yeah you can see whenever my store manager is scheduled to like be on the floor like scheduled for a coverage shift which means that they're like required to be out on the floor making drinks and doing register they were always very fully staffed whenever whenever yeah. the store manager is scheduled for coverage yeah. there's always at least five other people on the floor <laughs> but whenever it's like me on a sunday morning opening the store and there's like a Steelers game and a convention in town and everyone like the city is packed and all the hotels around around my store are packed. Everyone's going to want coffee. There's like three of us. So. Which is just like it's really frustrating to sort of like on a political level. It's like every job that I've ever worked. It's like if it was literally just us running this and there was no management, everything would work 100 times better. Yeah. And it's like, yes, that's it's what we just, yes. yeah, it's like, OK, like. At, at a certain point, you have to just be like, just get rid of these people. Like, what? Why? Why? Why are we doing this? It's yeah, like, our new new <sighs> store manager since our recent new one quit because working conditions are so bad. Our new new one is an outside hire who doesn't know how to ring in drinks. Oh my! Doesn't God. know how to make drinks. Doesn't know anything, and yeah. they just put him in my store as a store manager. And my roommate is also a barista, and she's been like having to coach him every day which is a really awkward situation because she's not even a supervisor she's like a 
a barista and she has to be like hey there's a difference between nitro cold brew and regular cold brew like keep hitting the wrong button very frustrating and they sent this guy in to run my store meanwhile like he probably knows less than everybody else that works there yeah he definitely knows less than you do like (laughs) yeah oh definitely knows less than me it's so funny since i've been fired i still like every time there's an emergency at my store my baristas call me it's (laughs) wild like i got a call at five in the morning the other day from one of my like favorite baristas and he was like hey tori i know you don't work here anymore but Sal was supposed to open and he's not here yet and I'm locked out of the store. What do I do? Oh, no. <laughs> or like another barista called me when I was in DC and he was like, Tori, I just showed up for work and the store is closed. What do I do? And I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, <laughs> I, I can do my best to help you, but I there's not much I can physically do. I don't have keys anymore. Sorry. So Yeah, and it's it's yeah. really like you know, one one of the things that I mean, I guess you get this in both sort of like, like when I, when I was like, so I went to the University of Chicago and, you know, I was like, okay, so these are the people who infamously produced all of the terrible economics that make the world suck, right? And it's like, okay, well, you take econ classes there and it's like, everything is about sort of like, ah, the, like you're doing all of this because I like, okay, so the, like the, the. You're doing all of this under the assumption that if you let corporations run in a free market, they will do everything optimally and they will produce the lowest prices and they will produce everything as efficiently as possible. And it's funny because like you see this in like Marxist theory, too. And then it's like you look at like any store place and it's like, no, 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 they're firing their most competent workers and hiring people who are incompetent because like the because the thing that they actually like care the most about even more than efficiency, even more than like making more money is maintaining their power. And it's. Uh, like yeah it's something that like is really obvious when you're working but somehow like the people who write about this stuff have like deluded themselves into not being able to understand yeah they have absolutely no idea it's like it feels like they almost don't want the experienced workers to stay i've seen like so part of my internship project is keeping a database of the fired partners in the anti-union firings which is kind of ironic because i was like well gotta add myself to this spreadsheet now um <laughs> oh, no <laughs> but i've seen i see people in the spreadsheet who've worked the company for five years there's one person on there who worked for the company for 17 years Jesus. but we don't get raises or anything for seniority or anything like that there's actually a cap on how much you can make in each state from starbucks because they don't they don't want you to work there forever because then the frustrations start to come through yeah and then you then you unionize and it feels like they the, the high turnover feels really intentional sometimes. I, I think it is. Like I, I think mm-hmm. that that's that's like a pretty common like Amazon does this too, where it's like like their whole mm-hmm. their their whole business strategy is intentionally on working everyone so hard that they quit so they can get a new group of people mm-hmm. in so that people can organize. And it's Yeah. Yeah, it's really brutal and horrific and I hate these people. <laughs> Yeah, same. It's like if I keep this person here for ten years and make this look like it's a sustainable career, then uh, then we have to make it a sustainable career, and don't want to do that. So yeah. gotta force people out after like two or three. So very yeah. frustrating. Which I think I guess also helps them with the sort of like like the the way that people look at. Like, I mean, minimum wage workers and also just service workers in general, where they're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we don't need to raise minimum wage. It's a bunch of teenagers. Like, these people don't need, yeah. like, good wages because this is like, you know, you're not actually supposed to be doing this. This is like a transition thing. It's like, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> like, it's just mm-hmm. not. That's just, you're, you're, you're making excuses for corporations doing exploitation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and it also seems like another thing they're doing is that we've seen a lot of really high manager turnover too. Because, and I think that also is really intentional because they had to, even though the store manager that ultimately fired me was new, like she could, she didn't even have the heart to like do that. She had to bring in, they had to bring in a support manager to like actually say the words, like you're fired, here's your termination notice. And it feels like the reason they're making the manager turnover so high is so that the managers don't like form those relationships with the staff yeah, at their store yeah. because it doesn't feel as bad to fire them. Like, I don't think this ever would have happened to me if my original store manager who had been there for five years and like knew me personally was still at my store. I don't think this would have happened. And I think that's why they're doing this big manager shuffle right now. At least, I mean, I'm sure it's happening in other places. It's definitely happening a lot in Pittsburgh. I think there are very few stores in my district that have the same manager that they had three months ago. So it feels like they're intentionally shuffling them around so they don't form like personal relationships or any sort of emotional tie to the partners at their store and they don't feel guilty firing them. Yeah, it's like it's community is really dangerous to them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, like I, I think I talked about this like some number of episodes ago. But like yeah, like this is this is a thing that's really common with like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna straight up call Starbucks a dictatorial organization because it is like it is yeah. just a dictatorship. It's like dictatorships do this a lot. Where like, yeah, like com- communities are really dangerous to them. Communities with any kind of strong bonds with each other are really dangerous because people will fight for each other. And you know, you can't, for example, like I don't know. It's it's really really hard to deport someone who has a strong community around them that will fight back. But if you can isolate yeah. those people, if you can, like like physically isolate them if you can like socially isolate them if you can make sure that they don't have these support networks then you could then you can you know do whatever you want to them and absolutely that seems yeah it seems like it's it's a very deliberate like and everything was like you know this also like this just makes everyone's life worse right like yeah and did you see what happened in seattle with the the new starbucks heritage district i think i vaguely heard about it but yeah so in seattle the three like original i believe it's the three original starbucks stores like first ever starbucks stores to open the three in seattle um they've made it so that you don't the partners there don't have a specific store that they're assigned to they're assigned to the district and can be scheduled at any store at any time so you're not working with the same people all the time and you're not forming those relationships and if you were to somehow form enough relationships to start organizing um, you wouldn't be able to vote as a store. You'd have to vote as a district, which is just a lot more logistically yeah, difficult. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of pushback that happened. But unfortunately, those stores hadn't filed for an election yet and um, weren't really able to do much about it. But we're definitely scared of that happening, like in Pittsburgh and like at other Starbucks stores around the country, that they're going to make it so that you work for the district, not a specific store. And that's kind of terrifying. So. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's another thing where it's like, okay, they they have they have to weigh efficiency versus like their own power, and they're going to choose their own power mm-hmm. every time. And yeah, it's also absolutely. like, there's just like an aspect of that too, where it's like the just incredible dehumanization of it. Yeah, it's like, oh, totally. It's like really careless. Like you don't know what someone's transportation situation looks like. Um, you don't know like if they feel comfortable working with like different groups of people. Like, I don't know. I know that like a lot of people at, um, so this is just reminding me of something that happened at a store in my area. So at Penn Center East, the Penn Center East Starbucks, they're a union store. They decided they were closing Penn Center East for like a 
for an entire week and gave them the option to work at three stores that were like an hour away from them. And of course, like they were only given the option to work at other stores that were unionized. They weren't going to send the union people into the non-unionized <laughs> yep, stores yep. and potentially influence them. Yeah. So one of the partners, the one that was actually fired yesterday, was like, I do not feel comfortable working at this store because I worked at this store one time and I faced a lot of discrimination from the from the manager there, from the partners there. And I don't want to be put in that situation again. There was like a customer at this other store that said, that called me a racial slur and I don't want to be in this area I don't I don't want to go out to these stores and it just like exposes partners to like a lot more like situations that they're potentially not comfortable with they're with new managers that they don't have like a good rapport with yet and it makes everything just a lot more difficult like just let everyone work at their own store like we all have friends all the partners at like my store at least are very very close I know a lot of the stores are the same way it just makes work worse to not be working with your friends I don't think anyone would work at Market Square if we weren't all really close with each other. So. Yeah. Overall, it's worse situation. Yeah. And I don't know. Ho- ho- hopefully they're not able to do that on a large scale because. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, it just feels like a disaster. Yeah. Especially since, I mean, there's a lot of Starbucks stores like concentrated in cities, but I know like the Penn Center East Starbucks was kind of out there in the suburbs. And another big issue that they faced was that like, we don't have, some of us don't have cars and we just can't get to like the city Starbucks stores yeah, because our yeah. parents drive us to work to, our parents drive us to work every day because we're in high school and we just don't have like a means of transportation. There's nowhere to park there. And it just puts them, it just makes them face a lot of issues that they weren't really plan on dealing with, planning on dealing with and aren't really prepared to. And they probably chose the store that they currently work at because uh, like they didn't just pick it at random they picked it so it was convenient to get to they like vibes there and it was like a, a good fit for them and forcing them to work at other other stores where they're a lot less comfortable not a good decision this feels shady yeah, yeah. very dehumanizing for sure yeah and so i, I guess I, I, do, I do have one last thing to ask which is uh if people want to support you and if people want to find you in places uh where can they do that oh yeah so my twitter is Tori underscore Tambellini. And that's my personal Twitter. We also have a Pittsburgh Starbucks Workers United Twitter account. Um, if you want to support me and Kim specifically, there is a link to our GoFundMe there. Um, there's a link in my bio and somewhere in the Pittsburgh account as well. We also just released a national solidarity fund um, through Coworker, but I'm actually not quite clear on how people can donate to that yet i can it's very new so i can send you an email with a link to that yeah cool yeah we'll, we'll put all the links in the show notes awesome thank you so much yeah thank you thank you so much for joining us it was yeah it was really good <laughs> yeah thank you so much for sharing my story i i feel like there's a lot of fired partners fired partners across the country and like we all kind of need to stand together and yeah. i like people hear my story and hear about how like the union has supported us and there's been a lot of community support and you know as soon as I was fired I was immediately hired by Workers United you know they're really willing to take care of us and if I had like anything to kind of like like any advice to give to partners who are trying to organize like the union has your back don't worry too much about losing your job probably won't happen if it does the union has your back and all the other fired partners have your back as well hell yeah hell yeah yeah and on that note uh yeah fight your bosses together you can beat them uh yeah 
go out into the world and make havoc for people who do bad stuff. Cause problems on purpose. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.